Hello, everyone, and welcome to the show. This week, we're going to talk about something that is near and dear to my heart, and I think it's near and dear to a lot of people's hearts. Uh, this has been a historic week, uh, especially for gays and lesbians in America with the Supreme Court ruling uh, legalizing same-sex marriage. But it got me thinking that I've had the experience of inclusion for a long time as a Disney fan at Disney. So today we're going to be talking about that experience, the inclusion, the sense of inclusion that we get at Disney World. Coming up next, from the Hershey Disney to raise money for Give Kids the World, this is the Diz Unplugged. Welcome to the show, coming to you from Hershey, Pennsylvania, from the Hershey Disney to raise money for Give Kids the World. I'm your host, Pete Warner, joined at the table today by my very good friends, Miss Jenny Lindop. Hey, everybody. The lovely Miss Julie Martin. The lovely Miss Kathy Whirling. Hi, everybody. The lovely Miss Dustin West. Huh? And back on the, in the production table-ish area, uh, Rhino Clavin and associate producer Craig Williams. Hello. Hello. Well, first I want to thank everybody for coming out. We have a great crowd here. I think it was over 100 people uh, joined us today for this. And uh, we really appreciate you coming out. I know some folks came quite a ways. I was talking to somebody who came up from Dallas uh, to be with us. So really appreciate that. We know that... Uh, more and more for all of us, time is at a premium. So when you can make time to come and do something like this and help us raise money for such an amazing cause, um, I just want you to know how much I appreciate it, our team appreciate, appreciates it, and of course the great folks at Give Kids the World appreciate it. So thank you all for, for coming out today. Um, and uh, it is great to be back at this meet. We had such a great time here last year. Was thrilled to see it happen again. Uh, this year, and maybe uh, this weekend, I'll finally get into Hershey Park. That's the plan. That's the plan. We'll see. We'll see if that happens. But uh, it's because uh, it's been a crazy week. It's been a crazy week. Just got home from Alaska last Saturday night, and I just haven't been right since. And uh, trying to get adjusted, and then having to get back on a plane and come up here. But I wouldn't have missed this for anything. So really, really happy to be here. So as I said in the opening. Um, <clears throat> I was really struggling to come up with a topic uh, for the show today. And usually when that happens, usually when something doesn't come to me right away, it's because um, there's something I should be talking about that I haven't. And it dawned on me actually this morning as I'm walking out of the hotel room that, um, you know, uh, regardless of where you are on the spectrum politically, and I'm not going to make this a political conversation. I'm not going to tolerate a political conversation. Let me put it to you that way. Regardless of where you are on the spectrum, it's undeniable yesterday was a historic day. It was a historic day. Um, in my lifetime, I never thought I would live to see gay marriage being legal. Um, never thought I'd say it. And 
But it got me thinking. It got me thinking. And I had written this in an article many years ago um, about gay days. And I, I made no secret of the fact that um, I'm not a big fan or a big supporter of gay days. I don't think it needs to be in the Magic Kingdom. I don't think that's the place, the place for a political agenda. And part of my argument about that was that as a gay man, I've experienced everything there is to do at Disney. Whether it's Walt Disney World, Disneyland, Olani, Adventures by Disney, Disney Cruise Line, and I've done it all with my partner. And I have never for one moment in any of those experiences, in the 20 plus years I have been visiting Disney World, never once ever did I feel excluded. Never once did I feel like I was on the outside or I was in a special class of people that had to be taken care of or paid attention to a certain way. I felt like I got the same experience and treatment as everyone else, that my relationship was accepted and not just accepted, but it was celebrated. That's a wonderful feeling. That's a wonderful feeling. We have talked often on the show about how Disney is a place where if you have a disability, a lot of barriers that exist in other places in the world don't exist there. I, I go back and talk often about my, our good friend Skip Potter, who has cerebral palsy, and lives his, li lives his life in a wheelchair. And one of the things he said to me that stayed with me was that Disney World is the only place I can go where I don't feel like I'm in a wheelchair. Because those barriers to entry are removed, because Disney goes further than the ADA requires them to. I hear stories all the time about people that have special needs or, or situations in their families. They go to Disney and they have this inclusive experience. And I like to keep these, these shows that we do on the road, I like to keep these positive. I like to try and keep these positive. And I thought, what a great topic to talk about, inclusiveness and how Disney has been doing it right for a very, very long time. And I don't think anybody who's experienced it can say otherwise, truly. We can certainly nitpick this, that, or the other thing. But generally speaking, especially to some of us, myself included, gotten spoiled. I was on a Royal Caribbean cruise last week. And there are aspects of Royal Caribbean that I like, and there are certainly, certainly experiences I've had on Royal Caribbean ships that have been phenomenal. The service has been phenomenal, the food. That wasn't my experience last week. The things that happened on that ship, my opinion, would never happen on a Disney ship. Kind of reminds me, yeah, it's more expensive, but sometimes there's a reason for that. I know John, John and Kevin hate when I say this. They're huge fans of Royal Caribbean, and so am I. So am I, but the fact of the matter is the experience didn't live up. So we kind of get spoiled and we forget that there's a reason Disney is so good so often. There's a reason we love it. For me, one of those reasons is that sense of inclusiveness. So I'd ask the team, and I'm asking the same of you. We have a microphone set up here and a camera. You will be on, on camera. Um, to come up and share your stories. And this is not just for people who are gay or people who have special needs. This is, you know, I was talking earlier about um, the family experience that you can have at Disney. Probably not something you get to have a lot of other places. You know, the, the family experience is something that is definitely 
And this, especially in, in, in the modern world, the family experience is something that we often hear is, is under threat because everybody's going off in 16 different directions. Everybody has their phones and nobody communicates directly with each other anymore. And sometimes the only, the only experience a family gets to have as a family and have that, that, that moment is when they go to a place like Disney World. So inclusiveness doesn't have to be about being excluded anywhere else. It's about you and how you feel. And what, it, what is it about Disney that makes you feel included, that makes you feel welcome, that makes you feel like you belong there, makes you feel like your family, your life, your circumstances are respected and even celebrated? And that's what we want to talk about today. So be thinking of that, and um, by all means, you can start lining up there, and we'll, we'll come to people as, uh, you know, as we go. But uh, I want to open it up to the table and see who would like to talk first. I'll, I'll share my story. Um, you know, I, I'm sure I've told this story on the podcast, but the first time I ever went to Disney was against my better judgment. You know, I didn't want to be there. And we were there because... My mother had passed away, and my husband had passed away. But once I sort of, like, loosened up a little bit, I realized that Disney was the perfect place to be because nobody knew that I didn't have a husband anymore. The kids didn't have a father. You know, cast members went out of their way to, to talk to us. And I'm there like, wow. Because when I lived in Pittsburgh and I was around friends and family, I could walk into a room and I could shut everything down because people would look at me and go, she's the widow. She, she can't, you know, we can't be having fun in front of her. And we got to go to Disney, and it was truly magical. We, we got to, you know, my kids got to be kids again. I got to see my kids. I, I got to see the weight lifted off their shoulders. It, it doesn't get any better than that. That's, that's what sold me on it. And then the first year that we lived in... Orlando was the season of the four hurricanes. And, you know, I can remember sitting in the bathtub listening to the shingles blow off my roof. And the second hurricane came through and it took a little more off. And by the fourth one, um, you know, I had buckets in every room. And Disney, you know, that, that company we love to hate sometimes, uh, stepped up and offered their cast members um, grant money to you know, help towards the expenses of the hurricane. And so Disney gave us like $1,000 to, you know, and it's like they didn't have to do that. But they included, you know, Disney thought of their cast members as family. So it's like, you know, those were some of the little things that helped make me the big Disney fan I am today. And I think it's important to point out that Disney doesn't have to do a lot of the things they do. I mentioned before that in many regards, especially in terms of handicap accessibility, Disney's standards far exceed what the Americans with Disabilities Act requires. And they don't have to do that. And this is where we get spoiled. We expect it from Disney because they've always done more. Where this is concerned, they've always done more. Then we go someplace else and we see somebody that does just enough. And that's, sometimes we don't appreciate it until it's not there. Um, and I think it's important to talk about, about this stuff, where Disney, where Disney does get it right and where Disney does do it right. But uh, Kathy, what is it that, you know, I know those experiences you had early on 
that gave you that feeling. What is it now? What is it for you now? I mean, you are in the parks more than I think anybody else on the team. You're in the parks pretty much every day. Mm-hmm. Um, what is it? What is the feeling for you when you go now to the parks into Disney it, World? It, to me, it, it's still magical. I don't know if it's, you know, I'm wearing the rose-colored glasses, but when I hear about, you know, people have bad cast member interactions, I I don't know if it's that I smile at them and and talk, but I don't have any bad experiences. Um, A a little minor victory or a thing that that sort of hooked me is, I, I don't know if anybody's seen, but I was posting on Facebook, the Dirty Trams. You know, that, that finally it's yeah. like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm a big Disney supporter, but when they're doing something wrong that's easily fixed, they need to fix it. And they're actually doing that. Are and, they really? And, yeah, I was at um, Studios and Animal Kingdom, and some of the nastiest, ugliest, dirtiest trams look like they just rolled off the, the showroom floor. And I understand that there's a tent over at Epcot where they're working on cleaning the trams. And here's, here's what happened. I complain about something at Disney. They roll their eyes and look, he's at it again. She complains about something like, okay, wow, we got a problem. <laughs> if Kathy is posting stuff on Facebook about dirty anything at Disney, we've got a problem. We're losing our, we're losing our core supporter. So my, my next mission is the bathrooms because I understand oh, thank they're you. Please, bad. please. <laughs> Can I tell you? Can I tell you the number of times I have been tempted to take pictures in the bathrooms and post them? But there's the creepy factor of the 50-year-old gay guy taking pictures in the men's room, and then there's just the disgusting factor of taking pictures in the men's room. But yeah, they've got to do something. They've got to do something there. But I have to say, um, Corey's guilty of taking a photo in the men's room, but. <laughs> It was because it was Ferris's first time using the tiny urinal and he wanted to show me. <laughs> <laughs> and then after he got out of the police station. <laughs> they were alone, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, thank you, Kathy. What about you, Dustin? Well, yeah, kind of uh, touching on a few of the things Kathy was talking about. I'm going to come at this from kind of a different um, angle because I have been a cast member uh, in the past. And... Um, so on one, on one end, Kathy, you mentioned Disney makes their uh, cast members feel like they're a part of a family. They do. And on the en- other end of it, you know, passing that forward to the guests as a cast member um, and being on the giving end of this kind of uh, inclusion that we're talking about here. I've, I've experienced both. Um, Especially having done the Disney College program, and I don't know if any of you guys have done the Disney College program or are planning on doing it. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit here. It, for me, I didn't go to you know your standard four-year college where you went to the dorms and do all that kind of stuff. I went to community college. We didn't have dorms. Um, so my experience like that was going through the Disney College program. And I got to tell you, that was, that was a very, very important moment in my life uh, in terms of becoming the person that I am now, you know, going from basically childhood to adulthood. And um, having Disney be a part of that for me is, is really cool because I've loved them my entire, my entire life. But to have that, have, have that experience working there and making friends there who also share the same passion... Um, that really, 
that really made me feel like I was a part of a family as a Disney cast member, but especially being on the college program. And of course, I had similar uh, experiences at work with the people that I worked with, and you know, my management and stuff like that. But um, as a, as a as a cast member at Disney, I really felt like I was a part of a family. Yeah, Katie, when she did the college program, that's part of what got us to move to Florida. But I saw Katie, who was my child, who was sort of shy and didn't talk much. And when she went and did the college program, they polished her. She made they made her into you know a wonderful young woman. That you know her horizons were opened. You know, she got to meet people from all over the world. It's amazing what the college program can do. And I said, yeah. when she was done with that, she knew that her career was with Disney. And that's sort of how we ended up in Florida. So, And, you know, and first of all, I wish Horizons would open. Um, <laughs> Amen. <laughs> really, we don't get more for Horizons Come than on. that. <laughs> um, on the other end of just being a part of that family, even though it is a, a giant corporation, um, passing that forward to the guests, having firsthand experience with that, uh, I, I think about a lot of times it's a lot of negative things come up when people are were yelling at me and stuff like that because those seem to be more memorable. Um, but they kind of stick out in the mind a little bit. Um, but one moment I had was two moments in particular where I really felt like you know, I was doing what a cast member should be doing. And I'm not patting myself on the back or anything like that. But I, I know for me, I love Disney and I love doing what I was doing. I don't know what's so hard about giving great guest service. It's really not that hard to do your job and have a smile. Um, so that's a whole other conversation about the, you know, the people right. that work there and stuff like that. But for me, I, I had this one woman. I was working at the, the trains that take you out to Rafiki's Planet Watch. And if you have never done that what it is is it's a train from africa that takes you to the petting zoo area and the only way to get there is by train you cannot walk there um which is a design flaw and (laughs) especially if you're traveling by wheelchair which this woman was and apparently it hadn't been clear to her what she was supposed to do so she took her it was an ecv she took her ecv onto the train got to rafiki's planet watch but when she came back to take the train um she just got in the train without her ecv because she had parked it out in front of the rafiki's building i guess she just thought like the ecv would magically you know return back to africa and it didn't it's not that magical um but it was understandable i could understand how she would have gotten confused about that and so Instead of, you know, she told me about it, and instead of saying there's nothing I can do, you guys, you can just go back over there and get it. It's still there. Um, what I did was instead of taking the train or letting her take the train, I just ran back there as oh, fast wow. as I could through the, you know, um, like the service roads back there. I ran and I got on her ECV. I probably shouldn't be saying this. Well, I'm not going to get fired, right? Yeah, really. Um, <laughs> took the ECV. It was one of the Disney ECVs. Turned it up to full throttle and came r- r- riding back on the service road behind Animal Kingdom. <laughs> you know, out of my way, white rhino. Um, so, not you. <laughs> <laughs> the endangered one. Um, so that was, you know, things like that make me feel like, you know, I'm helping somebody out or I'm including somebody right. in this experience that everybody who's there, who's paying admission to be there, should experience, I believe. Um, 
And the other one I had is kind of relates to, you know, give kids the world and stuff like that. Being able to, being able to make anything possible happen. The minute I saw a Make-A-Wish kid mm-hmm. in the parks, um, they didn't need fast passes if I was right. working there. They didn't, they didn't need anything. All they needed was to be wearing that T-shirt. And I would do anything for them. And I don't know how many other cast members do that stuff. I know there's policies in place that things are supposed to do, but I don't know how everybody else feels about it. But I know I went way out of my way. I think to, you see a lot of cast members yeah. Yeah. that do that. And again, that was part of the, the rationale for, for this discussion, especially in, in this place, that, you know, why is it Make-A-Wish sends people to Disney? Why is it they send these children to Disney? <laughs> because... That it is a place, you know, Give Kids the World talks about it's a week of yes. To kids that often hear nothing but no. No, you can't go outside and play. No, you can't go out and do this. You're, you can't. You can't, you know, no, 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 no. And that, you know, part of Give Kids the World Charter is it's a week of yes. Have ice cream for breakfast. And how perfectly Disney fits into that, into that mold. A place where experiences can happen that could not happen anywhere else. That this family can have that experience at that moment in their lives with the challenges that they're facing when they're back at home. Uh, in the hotel last night, a group of us were hanging out in the lobby, and there was a couple um, sitting next to us at the bar, and she was asking me about my Apple Watch, and the conversation kind of evolved into what we were doing here, and it turns out. They were, they were a Wish family back in 2008 that stayed at, at Give Kids the World. Um, you, she was talking about, because her son is uh, deaf and blind and in a wheelchair. And she was talking about what they were able to do together as a family, experiences they could not have had anywhere else. And she just kept saying, there's no other place that we could have had this experience. And you talk about it being a small world, you know? And having that, having that discussion last night. And she's not here for this meet. She has no idea who we were. She was here for a conference. And how cool is that? How cool is that? And can I just say, since we're all here to, to help give kids the world, if you go to Orlando and you ever get the chance to go over to give kids the world, um, it'll give you a new perspective on life. Because when you, you see the people that are, that are there and the challenges that they're facing, and they have the best attitude. You know, you see people that, you know, the health issues they're facing, and you walk in there and you go, wow, any troubles I might have are small compared to them. And Mm. I would go to the ends of the earth to help give kids the world, as we all would. But if you get the chance, go down and and see, and see how how appreciative those families are of the monies that we raise. They don't take it for granted. They don't take life for granted at all. And they are... You know, so just broaden your mind a little bit and take a ride over and experience Give Kids the World. And trust me, you'll become the super volunteer and help them out. Cool. All right, let's come down to uh, Jenny Lynn. And I'd like some people, I, I know some of you got some stories to tell. And there's a microphone set up just for that purpose. So let's have some people get up and get ready to talk to us a little bit. But in the meantime, let's talk to Jenny Lynn. Don't stop trying to deflect. Okay. Um, some of you have heard bits and pieces of my story before, but um, when my youngest, Ellie, 
I'll give you a bit more detail this time. When my youngest Ellie was a year old, I got this phone call from her pediatrician that completely changed my life. Um, And I was told that at her recent checkup, uh, she was found to be lead toxic. So a long story short, that ended up uh, led me to finding out that all three of my children um, had heavy metal toxicity. Now that... um, has a a multitude of problems that go along with that. But um, one of the things that it um, manifested for my family was in the area of the foods that they could eat. And Ellie, especially at the time, was highly allergic to a lot of things, had eczema that was so terrible that I was asked frequently if she was a burn victim when we were out in public. Um, Just just this weeping, oozing, flaky, awful uh, rash on her face. So... Um, I had my entire life changed at that point. Everything had to change. Um, the things that she was exposed to, the things that she ate, the toys that she played with. The reason for that was because uh, the treatments that she had to go through, I had to be very, very careful about what she came in contact with when she was going through those treatments. So um, food was especially difficult for us. She was allergic to eggs. She was allergic to soy. She was allergic to dairy. I mean, she was allergic to so many things. And I had to go through this very careful rotation between the few things that she was still able to eat. And I also had to make everything from scratch at, at home. Um, I mean, it was, it was hardcore. I was making my own yogurt, my own applesauce. If we needed spaghetti sauce, I was, you know, um, squishing the tomatoes myself. That meant that we didn't eat in a restaurant for over two years. Um, I was held hostage in my kitchen, and my family was home all the time. We didn't vacation. Um, sometime after two years, we decided to, or I decided to try to be brave and um, go take our family somewhere where we could vacation, but it was very scary for me. Um, The consequences of eating the wrong food could lead to something very bad for us. So we decided to go to Disney, and we we rented points for a Disney vacation um, club villa. The reason for that was because it came with a kitchen, which was essential for us. In doing that, in the planning, um, I I did contact the special dietary... um, department so that I could find out about what was available kiosk-wise in the park and what the rules were. Primarily, I wanted to be able to bring our own food in, and I was wondering if there was a place where I could um, leave the food items that I brought in somewhere where they could be kept for us, and then we could retrieve them. In that, they tried to um, convince me, well, you're not allowed to bring in your own food that way. We can't store food for you, but we would love for you to eat in one of our restaurants. And I was like, hold the phone. <laughs> no, that's not going to happen. Nobody else can feed my children except for me because this is really, really critical. They, um, the woman, it, this was a really stressful trip for me. I was only even willing to go to one park. I was like, we're only spending one day in a park. That's it. We're not going anywhere else. We're going to be in this villa and we go to a park on one day. And that's all that like I could imagine in my mind us, you know, being able to handle. So we, um, we decided to go to Hollywood Studios. I'm not sure why. Please don't question that decision. Um, <laughs> but we did. And in there, the lady at the, the dietary department, she was like, I want to put you in touch with Chef Patrick at the Hollywood Brown Derby. Um, I think that he'd be really great and would take extra special care of your family. And I was like, well, I suppose if 
you really want me to talk to this person, I can, but I'm not eating there. I'm not eating with anybody else feeding my children. Anyway, so this man, um, I thought that I was going to get, you know, hear from an email or a phone call maybe like, you know, in a week or two. Within 10 minutes, I got a phone call. And it was Chef Patrick. And um, he asked me, you know, what our situation is and what kinds of uh, foods she couldn't have. And I was like, well, the list would be much shorter if I tell you what foods she can have. So um, in that, it started this uh, beautiful relationship over the next couple months of vacation planning between me and this chef where he, he actually begged me, please come to my restaurant. I want to feed your family. Oh, gosh, I've been around Teresa too much. Um, <laughs> so I decided to trust him, and um, he would get in touch with me, like I said, regularly over the next couple months, checking up on my kids daily. I mean, not daily, regularly, um, to see you know how our progress had been coming, if they... Um, were making any progress where there were other foods that he could include in the meals. The, the amount of care that we were given, I was blown away. This is the reason why I'm not sure how many people in the room deal with uh, dietary restrictions, but I think it's frequently overlooked that people that do are excluded in so many ways. Even when we were at home, um, it was extremely difficult because we couldn't even go to simple things like birthday parties. Um, or, you know, there just, there was not, um, not stuff available there for my kids, or um, even if somebody did provide something, an option for my children there, um, eyes were often rolled, and, you know, you just felt discriminated against. Um, it can be, depending on how difficult the restrictions are, it can be a very isolating experience, uh, not just physically, but also emotionally. And um, so for Disney to reach out like that, for this man to tell me, I want to feed your family. Gosh, why am I crying like this? Um, <laughs> you got it all out ahead of time. Um, it meant the world to me. And after that vacation, I knew we were going to go back every year. Um, so we bought into Disney Vacation Club after that. It was no, no more point renting points. We're just always going there. But it was, it was that Disney experience where we were able to go and be able to vacation like everyone else. And I'm not, not entirely confident I would have been able to find that same experience anywhere other than Disney. That's awesome. That's a great story. Thank you. And it's exactly what what I'm talking about here, that, that sense of the things that Disney does when they do it right. And what a difference that can make in that sense of feeling included, feeling welcome, feeling part of. Especially when you're having an experience where at home you feel that sense of exclusion and you run into those barriers to entry. So thank you very much for sharing that. We have somebody standing up at the microphone. Just tell us your name and where you're from. Hello, I'm Will. I'm from New Jersey. My family and I are here. And first of all, just want to thank you for all you do and all bringing the Disney magic to us week after week. Thank you so much. Uh, I, uh, my professional uh, job is marching band director and orchestra director at a public high school in New Jersey. And every four years, we take them to Walt Disney World, the, both groups, but uh, band and orchestra. This past April, we took 238 students. Now, God that, bless you. 
because it was at Disney, because it was at Walt Disney World, we stayed in the all-star music. We were virtually there the whole time. I can tell you the inclusiveness that they bring to the table with that many students when you, when you consider dietary restrictions, uh, students that are differently abled, either emo emotionally or have any physical ailments or things of that nature, permanent or at the last minute somebody broke their foot, anything of that nature. I cannot tell you how accommodating they are. So much so that you know, we, we have done trips to Europe with these, with these students that we're not doing anymore because it just doesn't, well, for one thing, it's just gotten too expensive to do, but, but also because there's so many issues that are so much harder to organize. But Disney never, they, they reach out to us, they reach out to the families directly, they reach out to the students directly. And I can't t say enough about uh, what a great um, effort that they, they, t they make with our students year after year, and it's just, it's just been fantastic. So as a, as a person who takes a large amount of people there, I can tell you that, yeah, I can attest to that, absolutely. So. Awesome, thank you very much. So let's, let's chat with uh, Mrs. Martin. I know you have some, some experience in this realm. <laughs> Maybe a little. <laughs> um, I guess, you know, with Ferris having Down syndrome, he's considered special needs. Um, I think he should just be considered maybe developmentally delayed because I, unlike some of his peers who actually do have special needs, maybe like a heart surgery, maybe they can't walk, um, other different, you know, sometimes people have CP and Down syndrome, autism and Down syndrome. So we're, in my opinion, we're very blessed. Ferris is a very healthy little boy. And um, that's, we're just dealing with Down syndrome. And in my opinion, that's not much at all. <laughs> so um, we, you know, could have access to the, the guest assistance pass. Um, we did use it when he was much smaller, when they were paper and not as difficult to, to get or use. Um, but we've chosen not to have one now. Um, we really go to the parks not as frequently as some others, like Kathy. Um, so when we do go, we kind of have a mission. We already have our fast passes planned. Um, we skip rides that are long waits because we can always come back and do them. And I feel like it's good for him to learn. I, we want him to be just like everybody else, so why not teach him? You are just like everybody else. We're going to wait in line. Um, I'll wait 30 minutes with him, but no longer than that, because then it's going to be crazy. So, <laughs> um, so far we've chosen not to use it. But when he was really small, he was afraid of characters, and so we would wait in line. Finley loves characters. She's never been afraid. So we would wait in line and let her meet them, and sometimes he would and sometimes he wouldn't. And maybe he might hug, didn't want a photo. And there was a cast member. Um, he happened to be a little person, and his name was Todd. And he recognized Ferris and, you know, obviously knew that he had Down syndrome and made sure because he saw him not taking any photos. And um, he said, are, you know, are you sure that he's gotten to meet everyone? I just want to make sure that he's been taken care of, you know, because obviously Finley's going along. She's meeting everyone and, like, hugging everyone. And um, it really meant a lot to me that he he recognized someone else that is, is similar to him. Not in the respect that Ferris is a little person, but they both have challenges. And it was really nice for me that he recognized that and he wanted to make sure that Ferris was getting exactly what he needed or what he wanted. Um, that's really, uh, I guess, the only park story I have, but um, Disney's great. We love it. 
Ferris doesn't know he's different. <laughs> and in our opinion, he's not. So I think that's a testament to Disney, the fact that you can be developmentally delayed or have special needs. And even without the special assistance that is made available to you, you can still have an experience right. that's just like everyone else's. You know, you have the choice to use exactly. what is, is there or, or not. And either way, you're still included. You exactly. Know? Yeah. Yeah, and that's we were talking about that just before the show. That you know the options that are there. That you know every you know we talk about it all the time. Every family is different. Every child is different, and it kind of drives me insane on the boards when this the judging starts about parenting and mm-hmm. about the choices parents make. You know what? Nobody has a right to choose how you parent your kids except for you. You know your kids better than anybody. You know your children better than anybody. You know what your children can handle and what they can't. Except for anybody else to judge. And having, having options when there may need to be special consideration on a particular attraction or at a particular restaurant or at a particular hotel for a particular person at a particular time. Having those options there and having a company that is willing eager in many cases to do whatever they can. Again, we all know it. Those of us that have have dealt with it, we all know the experience where there are those barriers. There are those barriers because the person we're dealing with or the company we're dealing with just really doesn't care. And Disney could get away with, on paper, doing a lot less. And this is one of the areas where I feel they, I know there's a lot of controversy with the guest assistance passes um, that since the changes got made uh, what was it last year, year before uh, but I still feel that Disney this is one of the areas where there's very little room for any criticism especially when you experience how other companies and how other places handle uh, these issues so how are you Marcy? Step up to the mic it's and just give us your fallout. So you might want to just hold the mic. If it might can. fall out. Um, I just wanted to say hello. I just wanted your to name say and where you're from. Oh, sorry, Marcy from Cherry Hill, New Jersey. Um, as far as the food allergies, you don't even need to call them in advance or discuss with anybody. We were in Art of Animation on a recent recent trip, and I really liked uh, one of the hamburgers or whatever was there, but they happened to have fish or shrimp in the same case. And they, a lot of places don't get the whole cross-contamination issue, and they think, well, if it's not on top of that, then you can eat it, and they don't get that you can't. So I happened to mention something about I had a fish allergy. In two seconds, the chef came out from behind this walk-up service, counter service place, comes out to me, what's your problem, what can I do for you? Not only did he make the burger on a separate grill, he made french fries in a whole separate vat so that they weren't touched by anybody else or anywhere else. And this was just that I walked up to the counter spur of the moment. So I just want everyone to know that they will take care of you no matter what. And, you know, the, I, I, I know for me, the extension of that is that feeling... That, that, that sense of, you know, I'm valued. Right. I matter, you know, that I'm important. And isn't that, after all, what we all want to feel, that we value, we're valued, we matter, we're important, that we're not less than, different than, less important than 
other people. At the end of the day, isn't that what inclusiveness and diversity is truly all about? When it's done from a place of honesty and authenticity, which is what I, I really do feel from Disney, it's not about PR. It really, I really feel like it comes, and maybe I'm being naive, but I really do feel that that comes from an honest and authentic place. That Disney as a company really does care about that. And that's why they go so far with this stuff. Um, but at the end of the day, that's what we're looking for. We're not looking to be treated different. We're looking to be respected. We're looking to be included. We're looking to, be, we're looking to feel valued. And we, even, we even had one time that Jennifer, when she was little, wanted plain pasta, and there was no plain pasta. He was mixing it with a sauce or whatever. He go, oh, wait, wait, one second. He made a whole pot of pasta and poured it on a plate for her so that she had plain pasta. So you don't get that at a regular restaurant, you know? True. I was going to say, in, uh, in terms of the special dietary things, Disney continues to work towards making that mainstream. We are now seeing them actually change the menus so that these items are actually included right there on the menu for quick services, whereas, you know, before we've been, we've been talking about, because these are issues uh, or the way that it's been done in the past about needing to make special arrangements ahead of time, they're working diligently on that process, so maybe that step isn't even required, that you can be like everyone else and just walk up to the counter and it's right there on the menu and you don't have to have a discussion, you just need to order it. Most, awesome. most of the restaurants now at Disney... Um, have the allergy-free menus. So if you have, I don't want to say, you know, like just normal type of allergies, you can order off of that, but they're not stopping you from talking to the chef. And by the end of the year, all the restaurants at Disney will have the allergy-free menus. So you could sit down like everybody else and they hand you a menu. Because even that, just giving you a menu, I've been out with friends at different restaurants that had food allergies and they'll go like, um, what do you have for dessert? And they'll go, well, you can have the fruit cup. I've seen some pretty awesome, like gluten-free, soy-free, you know, like creations that Disney comes up with. And they didn't have to do that. They could have gone the route of saying, here's a fruit cup for your dessert. Disney really cares. I can tell you as a diabetic, um, the number of no sugar added options, especially in the signature restaurants, are impressive. But what's even more impressive is, and challenge me on this, a lot of times they're better than the desserts with the sugar added. Yes, yes. The number of times I've had desserts, the no sugar added desserts or the sugar-free desserts, and I'm like, wow, this is better than, I taste, I'll taste somebody else's. I'm like, okay, mine's better. Um, try that the next time. Try, try one of their no sugar added and be stunned. Uh, now, with that said, for those di- people who are diabetics, maybe new diabetics, it means no sugar has been added to it. The right. sugar that's naturally already in there is still going to spike your sugar. So, but you can like be in, be in a little bit of denial. No sugar added. It's okay. Yeah. I can have as much of it as I want. <laughs> How are you? Tell us your name and where you're from. Hi, I'm, I'm uh, Phil from New York. Uh, first, thanks for sharing your stories. That was really powerful, Jenna Lynn. Um, I wanted to talk about a slightly different angle and that I love about Disney is that not just Disney to the guests, but I think all the other guests are often very inclusive of each other. Um, you hear a lot of stories about people where like just engage buttons and all the other guests say congratulations to them. Um, I know one thing we do that a lot of people do is we get extra glow sticks and just start passing them out at night. Um, and our last trip, I had, uh, as soon as we walked into the hotel, another family who was leaving 
uh, they still had their Mickey balloon, and they gave it to my daughter and said, you know, we're leaving, we want you to have it. And what was really cool about that is for the rest of the trip, my daughter just kept talking about, I can't wait until we're leaving and I can pass it to somebody else. And I don't know, you don't see stuff like that elsewhere where everyone kind of wants to enjoy their vacations together and just be like part of a bigger family or community. that's That's a great story. And I would love to hear it more. I would love to hear more stories about random acts of kindness from guests to guests in the park. A lot of times what you hear is, you know, especially have a discussion with somebody who just sat and waited for a parade and the family that comes up three minutes before and, you know, on principle won't let their little child stand in front because the fam- that family didn't plan and I've been here. You know what? It ain't going to kill you to let the kids stand in front of you for the parade. Little random acts of kindness like that and, and the difference that that makes, that sense of... Uh, that, 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 that sense of community almost that that fosters. That's awesome. I want to so. say this. Corey and I, back when there were paper fast passes, you know, when puppies were the oldest animals. <laughs> That's something. <laughs> we would be leaving the park if we had any. We would find however many we had. And it's, sometimes it's hard like to find just two people or just three people because a lot of times people are here with their whole family. You know, so we'd be like eyeballing people. Okay, do we think that's a family of two, or that's just a family of three? And people would be like, "Really? You don't want these?" I'm yeah, like, no, we we're leaving the park, that. and people are just like amazed that we would do that. <laughs> I think it was was it for the Halloween party last year, and we were at the Contemporary, and I had, I had it was sold out. I had an extra ticket because the person I bought it for couldn't come, and. I had been, I had literally, I was like walking around to people like, you want, like they were looking at me like I was crazy. <laughs> I got an extra ticket to the Halloween party. I'm like, no, no, that's okay. And I went up to this one woman. I overheard her talking that the tickets were sold out. And I walked up. I said, I'm sorry, I wasn't eavesdropping, but I just heard that, you know, you were looking for tickets. I have one that I'm not using. And it turns out that's what she needed to spend that experience in the park with her oh, family wow. was one. This woman started crying. And you know, you know how good you feel yes. in that moment. How good you feel about yourself. If you haven't had that experience, try it. It's wonderful. How are you? Hi, my name's Becky. I'm from Phoenixville, Pennsylvania, um, and I wanted to talk about something that maybe seems a little bit obvious, but I love Disney for how much of a variety of rides and attractions they have that make me feel included. So growing up as a kid and even as a teenager, I was scared of everything. And I would avoid going to places like theme parks with my friends because you don't want to have to be like, all right, I'll wait for you, you know, when you get off. Stuff holder. Yeah, exactly. And so then um, I took a trip when I was 16 with a group of friends to Disney, and I didn't feel that way at all. I mean, maybe like Tower of Terror, that was a bit too much for me, but... um, But everything else, I felt like, you know, there were so many different things that I felt like I could take part on. And even now, my Mm. mom's that way, too. She doesn't do roller coasters or anything. So a place like Hershey, while it's great, she does spend a lot of time holding our stuff. (laughs) (laughs) So um, so for her to be able to feel like all, you know, all four members of our family can go on so many of the attractions at Disney, that just, you know, is another aspect of how we feel more included as a family there. You know, it's... That's an awesome point. I hadn't even thought about that until you were saying it. And I was thinking about, I'm kind of the same way as a kid. You know, my friends and I used to go to Six Flags and Jackson. (laughs) And, you know, there was a lot of rides I wouldn't do. And I'd be stuff holder. 
Yeah, you know? that was the place that I would and go either. That, you, you know, when we started going to Disney, there were attractions, like really great attractions and experiences that I could have where I wasn't, you know, being turned upside down and being flung into walls at 60 miles an hour or whatever. You mean like Figment? Yes. That, that's what got me hooked the, on yes, Figment. The original Figment. Yes, the original not the, Figment. Not the atrocity that is Figment today. Well, you do end up upside um, down on that attraction. You know, but, you know, and then while you were talking, I was thinking about, you know, my, my mom and dad uh, on the first time. That, and actually, folks, this was the, this was ended up being the inspiration behind what eventually became the Diz. John and I had taken them down to Disney it was my, with my mom and dad, and we got them on. Splash Mountain. Never thought. My mother was afraid of Splash Mountain, not because of the dip, but because she thought it went underwater, and that's like a big fear of hers. And I'm like, no, Ma, they're not gonna. Dr- they don't drown the guests at the end of the ride. Um, and so she went on it, and nobody in the family could believe that my mother and father had done Splash Mountain. So I had scanned in the picture from the, that they take at the end of the ride, and put that up on a little website I was tinkering with for my niece and my other family members to go take a look at. This is in the days before Flickr and Instagram. And uh, uh, ultimately, that kind of was like, I kind of built the Diz around that, that oh, site neat. that I was working on. Um, but because it, it was a place, that was the only time I'd ever been on a ride with my, with my parents. And you know, there were the number of things that we could all do together. Small World, my mother, my mother was pregnant with me at the 1964 World's Fair and rode Small World. So every time we're in the Magic Kingdom, we have to ride Small World together. Soren, I was talking to somebody last night, they were asking me what my favorite attraction is. It's Soren because my mother and I are both terrified of heights, but we love that ride. Mm-hmm. And we go on it every time we're in, in Epcot. That's, I associate that ride so closely with her. So. That's a great point. Thank you for that. Yeah. How are you? Um, hi. Oh, okay. <laughs> hi, I'm Charlotte. I'm from Maryland. And I just want to say thanks for the podcast because a lot of them are, like, really good. And for a long time, I was just like, Mom, we have to listen to podcasts again because for a long time, I did not li- like listening to what. I can't talk today. Like, listening to them. But then we started listening to, like, the Disney podcast. And I'm like... I love everything Disney, so, and I was really excited about that. So, I remember when I went to Walt Disney World with my um, grandfather, and it was the first time I went on Space, not Space Mountain, Splash Mountain, and I was never really scared of them, because my grandmother pretty much forced me to do everything, so I never had a chance to be scared of roller coasters. So, we were waiting in line, and, um, because we gave away our fast passes, because these kids were just about to leave. So we gave them away because we wanted them to just go on Space Mountain because they really wanted to. So we were waiting in line, and there was this little um, kid. He had, like, special needs. I don't know what he was. But I started talking to him. I was, like, six or seven, and I didn't really know at the time. Well, his parents thought it was really nice that um, I started talking to him because he had special needs because he doesn't have that many friends. So I thought it was really nice that I got to talk to him and... I guess he appreciated it because, I mean, I guess he didn't have many friends because sort of special needs kids get locked out of whatever we're doing. So, yeah. You made his day. You made his day, for sure. And his parents' day, for that matter, because sometimes I think it hurts the parents more when. Thanks. (laughs) When their child is not included. Right. Or they feel like their child is being excluded. So, thank you for that. 
Hi, I'm Kay Marie, and I'm also from Maryland. Hi. And I had two things to say about the food allergies. My husband is really allergic to onions and garlic. And going to a restaurant allergic to garlic and onions is very difficult. But at Disney, they're great. We've had chefs come out and make some really creative meals for him, and sometimes his meals have been better than the rest of ours. The other was when you were talking about guest sharing with guests. Last year, we went for our 25th anniversary, and we booked fireworks crews. And that seats eight. Well, there's only two of us. So we went around the parks, and we had invited uh, a young couple who had just gotten married and a group of four who were celebrating their 25th and their 30th anniversaries to join us. And they were all very thankful, and we had a great time, but the sharing, and we got a cake and the whole thing, just the sharing of that made our anniversary that much better. Wow. Awesome. Thank you so much for that. Can All right, we'll take one more. Hi, I'm Dave from New York City. Uh, one of the things I want to talk about is, uh, in terms of uh, Run Disney, I do a lot of the events, and one thing I noticed with Disney is they really cater to people of all different athletic levels. You have people that were jocks all, through, all their life, and there are people that are just starting to get into health and fitness, and there's a place for everybody at one of those races. And I, the group that I run with, I'm kind of the slower of the pack, and you see a lot of people, because I'm, I'm usually towards the end, balloon ladies uh, chasing after me, and all, and usually you see between cast members and other runners, everybody's cheering each other on, kind of just pushing everybody to go, and you, fin you cross that finish line, and it doesn't matter who you are as far as athletic ability, you all have that same medal at the end, they, ce they celebrate you and your achievement, it's one of the most amazing feelings, and it's, nobody does it like Disney in that way. That's an awesome point, thank yeah. you for sharing that, yeah. Can I can I say one more thing before we wrap up? No. <laughs> well, I'm going to say it anyway. Uh, <laughs> I just wanted, you, you're talking about inclusion and things. Um, as I look out around the room, I know I said this to a lot of people last night, but when I first moved to Florida, I didn't know anybody there. And, you know, through the Diz and through, you know, the podcast and Give Kids the World, I now have friends because of their love of Disney all around the world. And Pete paid, plays a very big part in that because if it wasn't for the Diz, I wouldn't know any of you in this room and all the events that I go to. And I says, like, when you read that there's something that's happened in Australia, you know, I think of certain people. We have friends in the Netherlands. You know, I have friends all over the world now. And why is that? Because we all share a love of Disney. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I never, ever, ever thought when I moved to Florida that I would be in this community of people. And along with this community, what we've accomplished for Give Kids the World to make Disney a better place, isn't it pretty awesome when you include people, like-minded people, what you can accomplish? Amen. You know, I'm uh, just as Kathy was as Kathy was talking. I was thinking about uh, 
when you know what it's like to feel excluded for whatever reason you appreciate the feeling of inclusion so much more as someone who grew up in the 70s and came of age in the 80s uh, who was bullied and picked on and chastised and uh, ostracized um, as a kid especially for those of us who can relate to that you know it stays with you it stays with you I tell the story all the time you know and if you think my drug addiction and my alcohol addiction isn't related to that you're crazy absolutely it's related to that wasn't the cause of it but it sure was the one of the ways I medicated those feelings and I've told the story before my first time going to Disney right after I had gotten sober the first time that sense of this is what I did drugs to feel like this was a place I could come have those experiences <clears throat> and that feeling and not be self-destructive and not feel ostracized and not feel bullied not feel different then the biggest hardest part of doing this show for us was the concept the thought of putting ourselves out there we were terrified terrified because it's scary it's the internet we're not hiding behind screen names it's our names and our voices and now our faces and to find people that connect with you accept you love you never met you it's an experience I hope you all get to have it's an experience I get to have <sighs> sorry no I'm good it's an experience I get to have every time I get to walk into a room like this and for that I thank you from the bottom of my heart with that that will do it for this episode of our show. We hope you enjoyed it, and we'll see you again next time with, <sighs> <laughs> with another edition of the Diz Unplugged. Thanks, everybody. Thank